This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Shoveling. Shoveling. When the Simmonses owned it, the house was immaculate. It didn't just have a yard, it had grounds, sort of like an English garden with carefully tended rose bushes and a flagstone sidewalk that wound around the birdbath to a pond full of summer goldfish. It gave the Simmonses great pleasure to have the neighborhood children come and look at the fish or visit the potted palm tree in the backyard greenhouse. But since Mr. Klimaszewski moved in, well, things have changed. The capsized birdbath now rests like a shipwrecked schooner beached at an awkward angle in the front yard, and the fish pond is full of garbage. The glass on the greenhouse that is not broken is streaked and dirty, and the carcass of the poor palm tree is barely visible in the corner. Some shingles blew off the roof of the house last year and are still propped in the corner by the sagging steps. Paint is peeling off the garage door, which is partially hidden by the siding that is sagging down over the top, and the sidewalk is never shoveled. Mr. Klimaszewski is an enduring mystery. I understand that everyone has a different tolerance for disorder, but why he doesn't maintain his house is a subject of some discussion on Walnut Crescent. Part of the mystery, I guess, is that nobody ever talks to Mr. Klimaszewski. I mean, we've all tried at one time or another, and I'm not even sure of his first name. But if anybody has gotten more than a grunt out of him in response to all the cheerful greetings, then I'd be surprised to hear it. Mr. Klimaszewski is either in his car or in his house, but never in his yard. So I was quite surprised one morning in late February as I was heading home after seeing Alex off at the school bus. Mr. Klimaszewski was not only standing outside at the end of his unshoveled driveway, he was also making eye contact. Before I could wipe the astonishment off my face and utter a generic greeting, Mr. Klimaszewski spoke first, and in a complete sentence too, which was completely out of character. I bet you think I'm a real loser, eh, Chuck? He said, vaguely gesturing around at the ramshackle house behind him. Hmm, how did you know my name? More perplexing, how was I supposed to answer a question like that? I mean, I couldn't say out loud that I actually did think he was a real loser. And I didn't want to lie and say something insincere like, well, everyone else thinks you're a loser, but I don't. I think you're a really nice person. I settled for a non-committal shrug and silence. Well, I'm not a loser. Really, I'm not, he said. I had a girlfriend once. We were in love. Lily had heard something about Mr. Klimaszewski's wife who had died in some sort of accident. But a girlfriend was news. It was clear that Mr. Klimaszewski needed to talk. I really should have been heading off to work. But the chance to find out something new about Mr. Klimaszewski, anything about Mr. Klimaszewski, was too good an opportunity to pass up. A girlfriend? I asked, hoping that I would suppress the surprise in my voice. And Mr. Klimaszewski started to talk. He was actually surprisingly articulate. This is the story he told. I work in an accounting firm downtown. One day in the coffee shop at the corner, I met a charming woman who worked at a lawyer's office nearby. She lived in a little cabin out south of Whitehorse. We discovered common interests. We laughed at each other's jokes. We spent time together and became part of each other's lives. 
At Christmas three years ago, the woman went outside for a week to visit her aging parents while I stayed in Whitehorse. While the woman was away, we had snow, lots of it. You remember, I'm sure. Because the woman was often on my mind, I thought about her return. She would get back to Whitehorse on the late evening Air North Plain. She would drive the 30 minutes or so out to her cabin, first on the highway, then on the side road, and then on the really narrow access road. Finally, she would arrive at the end of her long, dark driveway and find it blocked by snow. She would be forced to leave her impractically low-slung car there and skid her impossibly heavy suitcase over the snowbanks to her front door, made impassable by the drifting snow. How could I possibly let that happen to the woman I loved? The afternoon before her return, I drove out to her cabin with an array of snow shovels that I had borrowed from people at work. I cleared her driveway by hand and made a space near the cabin where she could park her car and turn around. And I shoveled a path right through a massive snowdrift all the way to her door. It was difficult and cold work. Four hours of difficult and cold work. But I was warmed by the knowledge that I was doing something that would make the woman happy and deepen our relationship immeasurably by showing how much I loved her. That evening as I went to bed, I thought drowsily, yet happily, of how surprised and glad the woman would be when she got home and she realized she could drive straight to her door despite the heavy blanket of new snow all around. The next day was a day off work for both of us. I waited for her happy call to say she was back and how very surprised she was that somehow her driveway had been magically shoveled. I toyed with different ways of how I would modestly finally admit that yes, it was I who had shoveled. But of course, it was not a really big deal, of course, because yes, of course, I would do anything to make her the happiest woman on earth. But, but there was no phone call that day. So the following morning, a normal work day, I dropped over to the lawyer's office to talk. She leapt up from behind her desk and pointed her finger at me. Did you shovel my driveway? She didn't sound very cheerful. This wasn't quite how I had imagined it would be. Well, as a matter of fact, I did, I replied in what I hoped was an upbeat manner. But before I could say anything else, she cut me off. Don't you ever do anything like that to me again, she ordered. Never! Do you think I can't shovel my own driveway? And that was it. Our perfect relationship was over. Done. The woman was very independent. I knew that. I mean, she chopped her own wood, hauled her own water, and built her own outhouse. In retrospect, I guess she thought that having somebody shovel her driveway was a major threat to her independence. Okay, there was a bit more to it than that, once I thought about it. Like the incident with the cat. One day, about a month before the driveway shoveling, she had mentioned in passing that she thought that her cat, her constant companion of 15 years, probably wasn't the smartest animal ever to tip over his own litter box. I committed that egregious error of heartily agreeing with her, and she was awfully angry about that. If I dissed her cat, I might as well have been dissing her. Now, I guess I was wrong. I mean, the cat wasn't all that stupid. After all, he never threatened her by shoveling the driveway. So the cat stayed and I left. I remained friends in passing with the woman, even though she changed jobs and moved to another company across town. 
We would meet sometimes by chance in the natural foods aisle at the independent grocer, or sometimes the unnatural foods aisle at Superstore, and we would exchange banal pleasantries. I kept hoping for a massive dump of snow so she would realize how wrong she had been and beg me to come out with my car full of snow shovels and rescue her from certain death by impending avalanche. But with the winters we've been having lately, that never happened. All this was fading from my memory when, just yesterday, on Sunday, the woman called me for the first time in several years. She invited me to come out for the afternoon. If I could help her with her taxes, then she would make supper. When I arrived, she and the gloating cat met me at the door. Without the slightest blush of irony, they proudly showed me their new snowblower. So I worked on the taxes, and we had supper. A pleasant evening, all things considered, but certainly not like the good old days when we had been in love. So, you see, I'm not a loser. I had a girlfriend once. I was only trying to help. You can tell everyone else on this damn street. And with that, Mr. Klimaszewski turned about, shuffled through his unshoveled snow, went into his house, and slammed his door. The vibration dislodged the siding over the garage door, and it fell off at an awkward angle onto the driveway. I have learned over the years that people often have things going on in their lives that influence the way they act. We see what goes on on the outside, and while we may get brief glimpses of the inside, we sometimes never fully understand what makes them tick. Okay, so the girlfriend story might explain why Mr. Klimaszewski never shovels his sidewalk. He's been traumatized by snow shoveling. I guess we'll have to wait to find out the rest. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.